Good evening. Welcome back to another episode of Please Call Me Crazy, brought to you by Free People Radio and powered by our favorite sponsor, TireGit.com. That's TireGit.com. You have to buy tires from somebody. You might as well buy them from us and help fund the movement, help support the movement. We believe in the freedom of movement, and that's exactly what the establishment wants to take from you now. I am your host, Royce White, here in the belly of the beast, Minneapolis, Minnesota, for episode 142, I believe. Episode 142, fast approaching 150. At 150, we're going to do a special 150 uh, episode. And when we hit a million downloads, which should be in the next couple of weeks, we're going to do uh, a special uh, episode as well, maybe out of order in terms of uh, the Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule. But as you see, we've all but abandoned the Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule altogether. Um, and we have news to report on that front. Uh, number one, I am scheduled to start doing an hour-long radio show on the John Fredericks Radio Network, Monday through Friday, um, beginning January 3rd, I believe. So I'll be on radio every day, Monday through Friday. I'll give you more information on the time and place where you can listen to that. It will be on the John Fredericks Radio Network. Um <clears throat> As far as the podcast, we'll continue as usual, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But as we're going to start to do more guests, if the guest episodes come fast and furious, when we do the guest interviews, we're going to put the guest interviews up because I don't like to wait on those or sit on those and have them be uh, a conversation that was discussed uh, somewhat out of out of time and place. Uh, I want them to be somewhat relevant to the the area with which the, the, the time in which they were recorded. Cause somebody might say something and then, you know, three days later you'd be like, what that just happened, you know, whatever the case may be. So um, we like to get the guest interviews out as soon as they're done. Speaking of that tomorrow, we will be running uh, the Trent Staggs interview that I recorded during the week. And we didn't get a chance to put out because I was sick for three days with a stomach virus, stomach flu or something like that uh, was dry heaving and stuff. But, tested negative for COVID, whatever that's worth. Um, and yeah, and I'm back. Uh, I'm back, Cuck Slayers. So we're going to get right into the shit today. I know it's Friday and you got a, a weekend ahead of you to enjoy. I wanted to get back uh, in front of you guys this week, which is why we're not doing the guest episode today, but we're going to save it for tomorrow. If you have time this weekend, check in. I think Trent Staggs is a great uh, Senate candidate there in the state of Utah. Uh, going up against the Mitt Romney machine. Uh, so look look for that interview over the weekend and, and you know, check in and, and get a, get familiar with Trent Staggs. I think he's a great America First candidate. Um, what more? What, what, what other housekeeping? Oh, the Royce White Show. If you go to Royce White USA, youtube.com backslash at Royce White USA, you'll find my other YouTube channel, and that channel will be a place where that's going to become very active over the next couple of months as we vie for the endorsement from the Republican Party uh, in my Senate race. Uh, my website should be up in the next 24 to 48 hours, so look for that, along with my launch video, which I'm sure you guys will all enjoy. Uh, a lot of that content will be going up on the Royce White YouTube channel, Royce White USA YouTube channel. Um, as well as the Royce White Show, which we'll be doing on Saturday nights at 
7 p.m. tentatively. And also, we're going to upload, I, I think I have to talk to John and see if this is, is okay to do, because now, hey, I'm working at the radio station there for John, so it's it's by, it's by his rules. But um, hopefully, I'll be able to upload my daily uh, radio show uh, to the YouTube channel as well, just the audio, and you guys can can watch that. In fact, I may even, since I'm going to be sitting here anyway, I may even record the radio show live <clears throat> and then post the radio show to the YouTube channel the next day. Uh, so you'll be able to hear what took place on the John Frederick's radio show uh, the following day and catch up on that. Um, because why not? I mean, we want to, we want, we don't want the people on YouTube or the people who only access it on YouTube or whatever the case may be to miss out on the, on the radio uh, content as well. So we have the ability to aggregate it all in, in one place for you to, to be able to, to uh, listen to and, and watch. Uh, so we might as well do that. <clears throat> um, what are the housekeeping? Still a little sluggish coming off of being sick, but. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff to come. The Royce White show should be great once a week. We're going to have call-ins. We're going to have guests. We're going to have the whole, the whole nine yards on, on that show. So that should be fun as well. Um, we'll see how we integrate the, the radio show into the, uh, into the Royce White show. Um, we may, we may do some fun stuff with that. I don't know yet, but anyway, getting to the matter at hand today. I appreciate you guys all being back with me on the only five minutes into the housekeeping, so I hope that wasn't too long and too painful for you. Um, we're we're in the heat of battle, fog of war right now. And to start this episode, I just want to remind people, there are no more Democrats and Republicans. There, I'll say it again. There are no more Democrats and Republicans. There are only globalists and nationalists. There are people who believe in having a country. There are people who say they believe in having a country. And then there are people who believe in a borderless society. Very, very simple. If you don't have a border, you don't have a country. That's what makes Israel a country. That's what makes China a country. That's what makes Russia a country. That's what makes the European Union a number of countries. Any country is defined by its border and the competence of its government. It's just what it is. Now, you can say that not have that that having a country, uh, a legitimate country with borders isn't significant or necessary, but then we kind of know who you are. And, and I think we should be very comfortable in, in identifying who these people are who say we don't need a country because if they don't want to have a country, if they don't want to have a legitimate country with borders, <clears throat> then they what they're really effectively saying is they don't want you to have rights because obviously your rights can't be bound uh, without borders. There's nothing to uh, there's nothing to uh, concretize your your citizenship if you don't have borders. Now they can tell you that you're going to become a a member or a citizen of a global society. But what evidence, what evidence is there to show that any of these international governing bodies or, or global peacekeeping alliances have the ability to properly govern over individual citizens of individual nations? None. none. There's no evidence of that. 
all they're doing is they're 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 taking their globalist ideology and they're leeching off the already constructed nation state of the many individual nations all across the country. And they're using that to legitimize their claim that they have some effective uh, global governance for individual citizenship. There's nothing to it. There, there's no there's no evidence whatsoever that any of these international bodies can properly and effectively govern for the individual citizen. Hell, there's very little evidence that the nation state is able to do it. <laughs> so, I mean, how we think we're going to a global citizenship is is absolutely absurd and beyond me. But this is the dividing line. And, and people can come to you and talk about whatever they want. The dividing line is very simple. Either you believe in having a country with borders or you don't believe in having citizenship and, and human rights, civil rights. You can have no civil rights without citizenship. And so we find we find ourselves in this precarious position where um, the party platforms of, of these two political parties become quite confusing for some people. And we just got to start calling them out by name. We got to start naming them. They're here in the Minnesota GOP, but they're all over the country. They're widespread throughout the country. And, and I think people get caught up in, in the cultural wedge issues. That, let, let's, let's boil it down. The number one issue, the number one issue right now is the military-industrial complex. No, scratch that. The number one issue is the debt. Let's just be clear. The number one issue, let's make it even more simple. The only party platform I'm interested in are the people who subscribe or participate in the party platform of $34 trillion in debt, an open border, and forever wars. Those three things. If you participate in or uh, subscribe to uh, a political platform, a political party with political candidates or elected officials who allow $34 trillion in debt, enable $34 trillion in debt, open borders, or forever wars, you're an enemy of American citizenship. It's that simple. There are no more Democrats and Republicans. I don't want to hear anything more about conservatives or liberals. I don't want to hear anything more about Christians and atheists. I don't want to hear anything more about gay and straight or, or male or female or young and old or, or any of that shit. The only fucking thing I'm concerned about, and this is first and foremost, do you subscribe to or enable a political platform that supports $34 trillion in debt, open borders, and forever wars? And by this measure, we can sort out a lot. Now, don't get me wrong. Male, female, young, old, uh, black, white, gay, straight, you know, uh, Christian, atheist, all of that matters. It's just all secondary. Because the first thing we need to get in order, the first thing a country's government should be, should have in order, is the overall health and legitimacy of its, of the country itself. If you can't do that, you can't even begin to address the other issues. And that's what we got to get very clear about. I think we want to, like, address these other issues on the fly. Like, hey, you know, Hey, our borders wide open. 
the debt is out of control and the forever wars seem to never stop. But hey, we'll, we'll address abortion. <laughs> I mean, give me a break. It's, it's not, it's, first off, it's not effective. It's, it's, not, it's not feasible. But secondly, it's dishonest. And the reason why I say it's dishonest is because here's what you have. You have people over on the left who will say, you know, whiteness is bad and, and Marxism is the way and social redistribution of wealth and the climate and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, we all know they're just doing it to, to, to put on an agenda. But then you have what, what we call the controlled opposition. And I guess depending on where you're sitting in the peanut gallery or where you're positioned on the stage, one side could call the other side controlled opposition with the exact same utility. But in this, in this situation, because I'm an American citizen and an American patriot, and I'm interested in having a country with borders because it gives my citizenship value and ultimately myself and my family and my, my future uh, generations, uh, so, some resemblance of, of, uh, of, of individual freedom, let's say, uh, I believe that the controlled opposition is on the conservative side, right? I'm, I'm on this side. I'm actual opposition to the globalist agenda, which could very, very well be described as the liberal world order. In fact, it is described that way. It's the post-World War II democratic liberal order. It's not the post-World War II democratic, conservative, constitutional republic, uh, you know, liberal order. It's the post-World War II democratic, liberal order. That is the new world order. And out of it, in our political, uh, you know, political culture, climate here in the country, we have the neoliberal and neocon world order. That's the, that's the framework. It, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's on paper. It's written down. This was the work of Henry Kissinger the late Henry Kissinger and Zygbinu Brzezinski. These are, they were the architects, okay? Because I'm on the conservative side, I see the conservative side as the controlled opposition. And what the controlled opposition wants to do is often get bogged down or distract people with the cultural wedge issues before dealing with the most pertinent problem, the debt the borders, the forever wars, and really the forever wars. I mean, when you really get down to it, I've said it before and I'll say it again. The biggest news over the last 30 days, the biggest news over the last 30 days is that the Department of Defense had its sixth audit. It failed its sixth audit and over half of the inventory is missing. That is the biggest news of the last 30 days. It may, it should be the biggest news all year. I mean, yeah, I know we got war breaking out there in Israel and you know there's an ongoing war in the Ukraine but you know between them and Russia, which they've now lost. Russia's declared victory in the Ukraine. Okay? The Ukraine is all you know the the the, so, the word is Ukrainian soldiers are turning themselves in, right? They're surrendering. We t we told you. We fucking told you. We we told you that that, that war isn't about Pipe dreams or ideologies. Wars are fought between men and women and, and, and between nations, between uh, military capacity, 
and all of and, and, and your Nikki Haley's of the world said, had we funded, had we given more money to the Ukraine, Nikki Haley in the last Republican presidential debate had the audacity to say and suggest yet again, had we given more money to the Ukraine early on, they would have been able to secure victory against the Russians. It is a lie. And, and to that effect, I don't even, I, for the life of me, cannot possibly comprehend how anybody can look at Nikki Haley's demeanor and disposition up there on the stage and think that she's somebody who's trustworthy. I mean, you can just listen to her. You can watch her. You can listen to her. You can see her mannerisms and tell that there's not a trustworthy bone in her body. And for Doug Christie to get up there, who you also can't trust, anybody whose belt line looks like that, you cannot trust. Anybody who has that level of problem with impulse, you cannot trust. For him to get up there and try and, and, try and defend Nikki Haley's integrity is, is the, the, the cuck society that, that, that I've been talking about. That's why I got the Cuck Slayer mug. I know this is a shameless plug here. I don't know if you can see this 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 mug, but it's a mug that we're selling on the Free People Radio store, uh, and it says Cuck Slayer. You know, it, it's relevant to the conversation. It's not a shameless plug, but the reason why I call myself the Cuck Slayer is because uh, why do we dance around it? Why do we act like this isn't the problem with the country? I digress. The point is, when you get a cuck up on stage with a neocon, with a neocon. They shill for a war that we've already lost. I mean, this is the reality. And we want to talk about abortion. And look, I'm not saying we don't need to talk about any of those issues as conservatives. What I'm saying is when the country's on fire, when your house is on fire, um, when you have an illness, when, you're, when you have some type of ailment in the body, or you're having some medical emergency, uh, whatever the case may be, whatever's going on, if there's an emergency or it's a crisis or there's a dire situation, you have to rank order things in priority. You have to do that. You have to prioritize. And the more dire the situation, the more extreme the situation, the more urgent the situation, the more you have to rank order and prioritize uh, to, to be able to operate. Uh, you, you just can't do any or any and everything in those moments. You can't do it. So the first, the first thing that has to be acknowledged is that this country is actually on fire. You may not be able to tell. You may not be able to look out your window and see it. The malls are still running. It's Christmas time. It's the holidays. You can still go buy, you know, uh, Jordans and Nikes made in sweatshops. You can still go buy toys that are screwed together. And, and some, uh, you know, Chinese factory or some proxy factory for the CCP. You know, you can still get online and, 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 and you know, do whatever it is you do online. 50% of the Internet is porn, I'm just saying. So you can still go and do all these things. So you may not be able to tell that the nation is on fire, but it is. And so if you, if you acknowledge that the nation is on fire, that we're at a critical moment, now we can talk about the platform that I just described. The platform that I'm interested in is those people who subscribe to or enable $34 trillion in debt, open borders, and forever wars. Those are the people I'm concerned about. <clears throat> the controlled opposition on the conservative side never wants to address the forever wars. 
That's why Nikki Haley can get up there and say what she wants about abortion. She can get up there and lie about her position on the LGBTQ movement. Chris Christie, he's not even willing to lie. He just goes right up there and says, yeah, I mean, I think the government shouldn't be involved. We want small government. Absolutely, we want small government. But we also don't want to allow parents to mutilate their children based on some pseudoscientific uh, political philosophy either. I mean, that's just that's just wrong. I mean, if I was sexually assaulting my child in the name of Christianity, uh, people would have a fit. And they would be right to do so because, number one, it would be taking the Lord's name in vain. But number two, I'm harming the child. We can't allow parents to harm their children in, in any formal and, and scientific and medical manner based on some pseudoscience, some pseudo-political uh, philo- uh, philosophy. It's not right. And it is right for the government to step in and say whether or not that's that's appropriate, especially when we see such a, a prevalence of it. Now, if it was being done quietly and secret in places that we couldn't, we couldn't, uh, you know, what I want to say, we couldn't, um, you know, we couldn't be sure it was happening. Right? We, we couldn't prove that it was happening. Okay, that's a whole different deal. But this thing is being carried out right in front of, it's being carried out in the town square. All right? this, this isn't happening in the privacy of people's homes. This is being carried out in the town square. This is being paraded around, literally paraded. <clears throat> the controlled opposition, you know, they always seem to to want to make a, a a big fuss about uh, you know any any number of cultural wedge issues. But the one they always seem to skip over on are the pertinent issues. And see, even the border, the border is is kind of that that middle issue. the The border is kind of a a a, a, a an issue where. You can talk about the border with with the knowledge that you don't have the ability to really do anything about the border. So you can you can talk about it and get the political capital from whatever constituency or base with the full knowledge that it won't change. The two that really are the issue that the the right seems to cave on all the time, the military and the debt. And that's the real issue. The left, their thing is all cultural. It's all identity politics. It's it's uh, see, uh, you know, it's it's the 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 LGBTQ. It's the Me Too and Times Up movement. It's the the identity politics with blacks and Jews. It's it's the it's the the whole the climate. That's their thing over there. <clears throat> the thing on the right is very clear. It's the military and the debt and the police state. And at a level, it's all one thing. At a, at a certain level, it's all one issue. It's the debt. It's the debt. It's the ability for your government to run up money, fiat currency, on the back of your tax dollars and get a bunch of little political cronies on either side of the aisle to convince you that you should continue on fighting about cultural wedge issues while they figure out how to spend your money however they choose. And, and the, the price that they charge for spending your money is whacking up a, a percentage, what they call the VIG, on the whole deal. And that's what you see taking place there with new Speaker, House, uh, Speaker of the House Mike Johnson. I'm not saying he took a payoff. I'm not saying he's compromised. But what I'm saying is this is how D.C. works. This is how D.C. has always worked. And yet again, we sent the NDAA bill 
uh, NDAA budget, pass an NDAA budget, a trillion dollars. And Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House Mike Johnson, Mr., uh, you know, I wear my Christianity on my sleeve, lets them smuggle the transgenderism thing into the, into the bill, the woke transgender LGBTQ politics into the bill. Completely unacceptable. And, and, and I, I, I bring that up to get to my main point of the podcast. I don't want to be here forever. But I, I get to my main point on the podcast of we're so caught up in Republican and Democrat, we lose sight of just doing the actual the, the, the work of politics. And we've let the Democrats define us. I said this the other day after the interview with uh, Nicole O'Grady. I don't know if you stuck around where I went on after the interview for about 50 minutes, but I, I explained thoroughly how uh, I'm, I'm listening to Republicans here in Minnesota, for example, talk openly about a fear of Democrats or the liberal mainstream media calling us unorganized for having internal disputes about policy approaches. As if that should matter. I mean, well, yeah, it does matter if you believe in politics as a political theater or if you believe in politics as some type of uh, social club or some type of uh, status symbol for, for everybody out there watching. If you believe in politics as the actual mechanism and, 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 and process with which that we uphold the, the, the health and integrity of the nation and the value of citizenship, it doesn't matter what people see you doing. It doesn't matter. And it's just like this bill. Again, why did it get passed through? Why, why did it get streamlined? Is there some corruption? Always in D.C. But a big part of it is probably people just saying, hey, we, you know, we got a new Speaker of the House. Now we have to get the people's business done. We, we, have, to, we have to show that we can govern. Whether it be legitimate or illegitimate, whether it hurts us or harms us, listen, it's a matter of national security to allow this Marxist, communist, LGBTQ edifice to spread throughout our military. It's a matter of national security by metric, by measure, by measure against our would-be adversaries or opponents there on the world stage, whether it be Russia or China, both of which, both of which uh, explicitly have, have outlawed um, the LGBTQ phenomenon in their military, so far as they can help it, so far as they can control it. That's the reality. Our enemies have set the game. And so, what, I mean, what are, what are we going to, what are we really saying here? Are we saying that, you know, it, whatever the Chinese do, whatever the CCP does, or whatever the Russians do doesn't matter? We're going to prove that we can keep a military just as strong as theirs? By allowing transgenders into into high positions uh, of 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 military service, I mean, is that what we want to stake stake our our American citizenship on? And we got to get down to brass tack now. We've allowed the religious right, the Christian right of this country, to make such a fuss about banning or outlawing homosexuality on a religious basis, which is somewhat of a caricature anyway, because I don't really even hear people saying, that. I mean, I know they're out there, but nobody reasonable is, is, is even suggesting that from a legal standpoint, 
Uh, and again, there may be people in Congress who bring a bill to try and do it, you know, to try and satisfy whatever constituency they, but they know it has no chance of passing. Part of the reason is because there's a bunch of people on the religious right and the Christian right of this country who are homosexual. Let's just be honest. I mean, we, we got to say it. If, it. if it wasn't the case, then none of this stuff would even be an issue because the, the Christian America has long since had the majority of people in this country. So there's some people out here who are false flagging. And I venture to guess it's a lot more people than, than we assume, than we would think. If not, how did this happen? Everybody saw what was going on. We didn't prioritize it. If we didn't prioritize it, that means in our Christian identity, we didn't see that as a real, uh, a real hard line that we wouldn't, we, that we wouldn't, uh, that we wouldn't concede on. But we did. Okay, so let's be real. The reality is, you're not going into people's homes to de- to to decide how they're having sex, who they're having sex with, how they identify, if they want to cross dress on Saturdays and Sunday. We're not trying to legislate that. What we're trying to legislate is, number one, whether we're going to pervert this, this longstanding American uh, policy practice of separation of church and state and allow a completely religious LGBTQ movement to have full access to our children. That's what we're trying to legislate. We're also trying to legislate, legislate whether or not it's safe, whether or not it's, it's reasonable, whether or not it's sensible to allow this, L, this same LGBTQ edifice to take root in our military. Is that a matter of national security? Absolutely it is. We can play this game like the LGBTQ identity is, not a, a, is, is in no way correlated with mental health and mental illness if we want to in the, in, our, in the public. We can play that game if we want to. If we want to say, oh, Oh, there's no there's no scientific evidence to show any correlation between mental health and mental illness and 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 uh, gender identity, uh, you know, uh, uh, gender I- non non binariness. We could say that if we want to. Fine. If you want to be in that you, freedom of speech, of course, you can say that when it comes to our military, we still have to we still have to deal with metric. You know, the funny thing is about this whole gender identity thing. Just goes to show you how how theatrical it is and, 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 and how bullshit, you know, when it comes to the money, when it comes to the money, we abandon all posts, right? All of our virtue signals we abandon when the money's on the on the line. And a great example is uh, you know, go to any online store. Go to any online store of any of these woke companies, whether they be Nike or or stick with clothes. I'm talking specifically about apparel companies. The two categories that they're still split into are men and women. Somebody tell me. Somebody tell me with the amount of of energy that's been spent on this woke, non-binary, LGBTQ worldview in the corporate community, why all these, all these major apparel companies that have online uh, online stores still separate their clothing into two genders. Show me one that doesn't. Show me one that has another gender. Show me one that has a non-binary gender. Show me one that has a 
that has a they, them, theirs category. Why? Why? Because the vast majority of people identify as men and women. The vast, the overwhelming majority of people identify as men and women. And the money reflects that. The sales reflect that. If not, if that wasn't the case, oh, the, the Nikes of the world would be, would be creating new pages and categories for their apparel company so fast your head would spin. But they're not. Because the vast majority of people still identify as men and women. And the point I'm making is when it comes to the metrics, when it comes to things that are measurable, when it comes to things that are more concrete, like transactions, financial transactions between a consumer and a company, or let's say between the American taxpayer and the budgets that get passed there on the Senate or congressional floor. When it comes to those things, we have to deal with reality. We can leave the theater or the, or the you know, the, the, the local community uh, stage. That's fine. You know, you can concoct whatever thing up you want in your own little committee. But when we deal with the federal budget, with the national budget, about national security and national defense and, and our military, we have to deal with reality. We have to deal with reality. Just like when you go to the doctor. When you go to the doctor, they have to deal with reality. You can identify as a unicorn all you want, but, that, but, but trust and believe. If, if you're in the ICU and you need blood, they don't give a shit about your identity. They're going to take your blood type, and your blood type is going to be the type of blood that they go match and come to bring you the pints of blood you need to live to keep functioning. If you got a penis or a vagina or XY chromosome, all of it, they can write down on the, even the woke hospitals, even the woke emergency rooms. They can they can play the game if they want to. They can say they can write down on the paper whatever they want, but when you go unconscious, when you go under the knife, when you go into the operating room, trust me, the conversation that they're having there in the operating room between the doctors and the nurses and the surgeons, this is a this is a man right here, okay. The reason why they have testicles right here is because they're a man. Trust and believe that. Because when it's critical, when you're in an emergency, when you're in a dire situation, you don't spend time on that type of shit. There's a hierarchy of priority. House Speaker uh, Mike Johnson, drop the fucking ball, kid. You drop the ball. That's what it is. And now they want to tell you, and now people will say, well, Matt Gates is to blame, <laughs> right? Now they want to go back ex post facto and say, well, we shouldn't have got rid of McCarthy. Look at who we got. Doesn't matter who we got. got getting rid of McCarthy was, was the right move, and potentially getting rid of Mike Johnson may be the right move. And now we're going to get down to who really, who really believes in changing the status quo and who just talks about it for the sake of. We're going to find out because I say get rid of, uh, vacate Mike Johnson too. If it's on principle, if it's about promises made and promises kept, surely you can't stand up before the House committee when you're, when you're uh, you know, 
what did, what do they call it? Not inaugurated, but when you accept the speakership and talk about your Christian values and having a country in this sort of America first approach, and the first thing you do, the first significant thing we do is to pass the NDAA bill. And uh, I think that's what it is, the NDAA bill. And you, you let them smuggle the transgenderism into it. Completely unnecessary. Hierarchy of needs. Now, some people will say, well, the military needs their, you know, need their funding, and so the hierarchy of needs is this first, and we'll pass on it. Nah, no. The hierarchy of needs is that the military and the people in our government need to have the balls to separate that which is not a priority from that which is. And if we don't do that, we will continue to see the degradation of our institutions. And it's not just the military, but there is a hierarchy. And the military and national security should be high up there, at least for the federal government, for the Senate and the Congress, for sure. There is a hierarchy of priority. There has to be, especially when you're in a crisis. And anybody who tells you that this country isn't in a crisis, we know who they are just right away. This is why Joe Biden's losing his ass. And this is why the Democrats are losing their ass. I was, I was in a, uh, an, an Uber just two days ago with a Somali man here in Minneapolis. And unsolicited, he told unsolicited, we, we talked about uh, th- this case where uh, Amy Klobuchar, <laughs> of all people, just to show you how this shit works, a man was, was uh, freed from prison after 20 years, exonerated, acquitted of, of murder, in which he was uh, wrongfully convicted because of the practice of, of the, the prosecuting attorneys. Uh, and, and the head prosecutor of Hennepin County here in CD5 at that time, 20 years ago, was none other than Amy Klobuchar. Go figure. Go figure Amy Klobuchar as a, as a prosecutor as a district attorney and lead prosecutor in Hennepin County was involved in uh, uh, malpractice, legal malfeasance, which resulted in a black man being, being thrown in prison for 20 years for a crime he didn't commit. Being convicted of a crime that he wasn't proven guilty of legitimately. Go figure. And all you black folks out there are going to vote for Amy Klobuchar. Who do you think Amy Klobuchar is? Amy Klobuchar is Joe Biden. These are the same people. These are the exact same people. And my point here, you know, you may say, oh, well, you're jumping all around. No, I'm not jumping around. The point I'm making is that this, the, the, the national security budget, the, the military should be high up on the priority list when you're at a country that's, that's on fire. Now, there, are, there is a constituency out there that will claim there's nothing wrong with the country. The economy is better than ever. There are people who support Joe Biden who will actually say that the economy is better than ever, that we don't have a border crisis. I mean, we know who those people are. And increasingly, they're going to start to lose because the, the evidence is going to show. There's a reason why the numbers are moving the way they're moving, despite how stupid they've tried to keep black people by 
by decaying and rotting out the, the curriculum of the public schools and keeping us in the dark politically under this cloud of, of Marxism and liberalism and communism, despite their best efforts, the curiosity of the human spirit wants that information. And they just made they just so happen to make the mistake of giving everybody access to all the information they need at the touch of a button, at the touch of a screen. Don't even have to press a, press a button, the touch of a screen. They gave us all access to the information, and they think we're not going to know they're lying when they say the economy is fine. They think we don't know we we we're not going to know they're they're lying when they say that we're bringing immigrants into the country because of humanitarian crisis, and we're going to bring them to your cities, and we're going to pay money for them to live free in your community while you suffer. Ain't going to keep working. That's why we're moving. And, and in fact, what the controlled opposition is doing, this is what I keep telling you all. This is what I keep trying to tell you. The winds are at our back. The winds are in our favor. If you start from a place where the real enemy are those who support, subscribe to, or enable $34 trillion in debt, Open border, forever war. If you start from there, it becomes very clear who's on whose side, who's on what side. It becomes very, very clear the winds are in our favor. The controlled opposition are the people who are going to try and stop the migration of the people who were brainwashed to the party that's trying to stand for having a country. And those are the people you got to watch. The Nick Fuentes of the world. Oh, Oh, Nick Fuentes has a huge, huge following. And I can just see how, I mean, you think the cuckery is just on the liberal left? Oh, this sort of far, this, this sort of uh, far right, uh, LARPy, and it was, same deal. Same fucking deal. You can go on my Twitter now and Nick Fuentes is saying, hey, if they're going to play identity politics on the left, then we need to play identity politics on the right and we need to embrace whiteness and have us, uh, you know, a, a, a reimagining of, of, of whiteness as an identity and treat it as such. Ah, oh, shut the fuck up, Nick. Dumbass. Kid's a fucking punk. And it's an, and it's a, what it is. And this is, and I, I gotta just be honest with you all. What it shows, what it, what it, what it's a reflection of is that the, the movement that has, this sort of grassroots activist, uh, consciously aware, politically involved mentality on the right that would follow a Nick Fuentes are the very people who let the country go in the first place. Because the, 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 the activism isn't rooted in anything substantial or real. It's all just a, a, a reactionary sort of fear porn. 50% of the internet is porn. If you're on the internet, 50% of it is porn. It's a reality actual pornography but we want to talk about christian values actual pornography not to mention the other types of porn that 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 get you know distributed political porn money porn you know whatever it is luxury porn there's all kinds of porn on 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 the internet 50% of it is actual porn there's another 25 to 30% that's a variety porn you know niche porn Something that we treat as porn, sports, another form of porn. Politics becomes a form of porn. 
My point is, the Nick Fuentes types, these are the cuck motherfuckers that, that you know, they, they clump together and they make you feel like there's a real constituency because I guess you could say there is. But your, your constituency is only real as the shit, is only as real as the ideas. It's only as real as the ideas. And think of the idea that you would try and fight Marxism with Darwinism. Think of the idea that as a Christian, you would try and combat Marxism and communism with Darwinism. These are people who are intellectually dishonest. They're either intellectually stupid or they're dishonest. You can't combat Marxism and communism with Darwinism. One, because they all have the same, the same spiritual and metaphysical endgame. They deny Christ. They place something higher than faith, which leaves them with a lack of sacred honor. Imagine me saying I should defeat my enemies. My, my enemies are liars, and I'm going to defeat them with lying. Now, when you talk about war, let, let, let's separate this out. When you talk about war, Sun Zhu, a lot of great generals talk about how winning battles is, about, is, is, is the art of deception. And you can make an argument. You can make a very good argument about the, the level of deception that's pre-baked in to modern warfare, modern warfare or, or warfare historically that undermines the morality of the people that engage in it. We could talk about that. That takes you right up to the threshold of gauging morals and ethics. But it's necessary to consider, given that we have such a warmongering culture around the world. But here's where it's not as confusing. When we're talking about in the arena of ideas, where people talk about things, where people are speaking about things, such as politics or culture or, or faith, or, or what, when we're talking about the arena of ideas, of oratory and composition, like a Nick Fuentes, who talks online about these things, there is no excuse. There is no excuse to have a lie to defeat the liars mentality. And part of the reason is you may in fact have to you may in fact have to sacrifice a part of yourself spiritually and and do something you may otherwise not want to do or regret such as being deceptive in your uh, engagement with the enemy in a, on an all out war. I may have to make you think I'm going to be there when I'm really going to be here in an all out war. That may be necessary to save your life. I may have to do that in a one-on-one -on -one gunfight with an enemy, with a with an uh, somebody invade my home, or I may have to I may have to devolve to the most um, primal tactics in order to save my own life or my family's life. So when I'm in the arena of ideas, if I succumb to that level of dishonesty or deception, I've damned myself. There is nobody with any intellectual gravitas who would suggest that you could defeat Marxism and communism with Darwinism. So for the Nick Fuentes types who say we should just come together in whiteness, number one, number one, it's not effective. If that was effective, it would have already happened. Number two, it's dishonest. And, and the, the second one is the more important one, but let's just talk about it on face value. There's no effectiveness to it. 
There is no effectiveness to the idea that there is a white race that needs to come together and revolt. Why? They're, they're, in what world? In what world? The reason why it doesn't work is because Europe has never been a, 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 a single and solitary racial, uh, ethno-national or racial uh, uh, populace. It never has been. It still isn't today. It's just not. And his claim, and I'll circle back to why I'm talking about this, but his claim is that black people or the identity politics Marxists have created a, a, a viable, uh, effective racial identity and culture and political climate. But that's not true. They've created a loud perception of racial and identity politics, but who has it benefited? Who has it benefited? Have the identity and Marxist, have the Marxist identity politics on the left actually benefited black people? Have they actually, actually ident, uh, uh, benefited the minority? No. They've actually screwed up the minority's everyday life, quality of life, standard of living, value of their citizenship. They've actually undermined it in their name while claiming to be doing it in support of or, or in, you know, in the advancement of. But it hasn't done that. So in what world would, we, would, would creating the same thing on the other side be beneficial? What, what kind of logic is that? I mean, it's, 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 it becomes so clear that these people are, are, are either psychotic, functional, functionally psychotic, um, in on it, controlled opposition, or just plain stupid. And then you got everybody who's afraid to say it. Like, because Nick Fuentes has a big audience, you can't just call the shit for what it is because, what, his audience wouldn't? I don't give a fuck if you like Nick Fuentes. If you follow fucking dummies, you're a dummy. That's just it. Dumb ideas are dumb ideas. I don't care how you look. Stupid is stupid. Stupid is universal. Marxist identity politics are universally stupid. So any rebound counter initiative of identity politics is equally fu fucking stupid. But it just goes to show how easy it is to rope some constituency of people in on the opposite side of, of whatever has momentum. It goes to show. You know, it's, it's like, you know, the conservative movement, we don't want to be that guy cruising the bar looking for girls who, who just broke up with their boyfriend and they're, they're you know, they're emotionally, uh, what do you want to say, they're, they're all emotionally vulnerable. We don't want to be that rebound guy. I mean, yeah, I know a lot of guys are happy to be that. You know, we'll, we'll fulfill that. It's all, you know, it's, it, it, it'll do. But we don't want to be that guy, and we don't need to be that guy. We're actually offering something better than they are. I don't need to be the rebound guy. I'm better than the guy. But see, you have to have an alpha sort of, 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 uh, of, of confidence in yourself to operate that way, to, to view things that way. And Nick Fuentes doesn't have it. He's a cuck. He could talk that, he could talk that, that, that fucking, you know, neo-Nazi shit all he wants to. He's a cuck. 
And part of the Nazi movement in general was a cut kind of movement. Part of the Nazi movement was we got to get all these guys together under one sort of rigid ideology or else, you know, or, or else we don't really feel superior. We have to kind of fabricate a superiority, which is a huge indictment of the individual. And, it, and it's a reject, it's, a, it's, it's in total antithesis of what America's founding ideals were about, the individual. That the strength of the nation comes through the individual, not through the collective, not through the collective of black or white or anything else. The strength of the nation comes through the competence and, and rugged sort of individualist, uh, the, the, the ruggedness and, and, and sort of moxie of, the, of each individual. Each individual with a set of God-given rights, who believes in those rights, who understands those rights, and the better and more they believe and understand those rights, the more dangerous the collective becomes through that individual. That's not what they're pitching on, on, the, on the Nick Fuentes side of things. That's not what they're pitching. They're saying, what Nick Fuentes is saying is, we've become so weak collectively, we've become so weak as a sort of pseudo-identity of whiteness, same as blackness, and I'll get to that in a minute, we become so weak, the only answer is for us to reunite under the false auspice of some grievance and claim of superiority. That's what they're saying. Because honestly, I mean, I don't know why white people, I don't know why white people have allowed themselves to be othered anyway. I don't like it. As a black man, I don't, I don't find that to be uh, uh, beneficial to me. To watch white women take white men and make them lick the boots of, of black men out there on the street as some type of humiliation ritual. or, or it, To me, it just looks like you can't control your bitches. I'm just going to be honest. And, and you may not like that. That may make me unelectable. Fine. Fine. But that's the reality. The reality of the situation is this, this movement is the edifice of liberal white women. It ain't got nothing really to do with black men or black people or minorities. Minorities didn't convince white women to, to lead the charge of, of Marxism in the universities or Marxism in the, in, the, in the elementary schools or the grade schools or the high schools. It wasn't black folks who convinced them to do that. It was white beta male cucks who actually understood the, the political implications of Marxism and communism at an academic level who trained white liberal women in it and convinced them they were the top of the identity politics grievance pyramid who then went and co-opted other minority groups to get in on the train. This is y'all's thing. <laughs> this is y'all's shit. To be quite honest, this is y'all shit. Tell me I'm lying. Y'all stop me when I stop telling the truth. This is y'all's shit. This is y'all's problem. The way that white people are going around the country right now and allowing uh, black people or, 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 or minorities or whoever, to, or, or white liberal women really, to leverage you being white as some type of, uh, you know, indictment, inherent indictment of you as a citizen, that's your problem. That's your, you're doing that. And it's white people doing it to you. That's, the pro that's what I don't get. 
How does that animus get turned on black folks? How does that animus get turned on us where now you think, hey, we need to we need to r- r- come together racially to I never I, I can't st- look when black people start talking about. We need to support black business and black. Yeah, we should have black businesses. But as a black business in a capitalistic country, you should offer the best goods and services to every con- customer you can possibly reach. That's it. Now, the point that's being made, that's a rightful point to make on an economic basis, not some pseudo-scientific cultural basis, but an economic basis, is that black people have been a, a, a huge consumer base in this country for a very long time who often talk about there being a black community or a black identity that doesn't line up with their cultural practices. Again, Another piece of evidence that this counter movement of whiteness to combat identity politics is not going to be effective. Look at the black community. There's been a pro-black movement for 60 plus years in this country, yet and still a trillion dollar consumer base cannot be funneled into a pro-black initiative economically. Hasn't happened. Why? Because people's vices are more powerful. People's vices and people's individual ambitions and desires are more powerful than any collective ideology. That was the fall of man. That is the original sin. That Adam and Eve were were, were let into the collective divinity and consciousness of the angels and, and, and God and the entire thing. And yet and still their own individual desires and, and uh, ambitions deviated from the most divine and pure, the most divine and pure experience that any man or woman or child will ever have on this planet. They still couldn't, they, they still, they, they still couldn't do it. They, they couldn't stay on course. This is what we're, this is what I'm talking about. And you may not understand where I'm going with, but the point I'm making to you is there's 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 opposition and then there's controlled opposition. And then there's the the centrist status quo. So we think of things as left and right. We think of the political political spectrum as us versus them. It's not us versus them. There's them. There's those of us who are full of shit. And then those those there are those in the middle who pretend like they're the, the, the peacemakers, the deal brokers, who are just preserving you running to the middle out of fear of the extreme. There is a globalist bracket on the American political spectrum. I'll say it again. There is a globalist and satanic bracket on the American political spectrum. The far left, the far right, and the corrupt status quo centrists. And all of us are somewhere in between. You know, why am I doing this? I'm trying to help, I'm trying to help you see the politics for what they really are. I'm trying to help you be able to navigate your your decisions, your choices as an American citizen in this political season for what things really are. Not the way they're presented, but what they really are. 
oh, Republicans shouldn't fight. You know, no, yes, we do need to fight. And we need to fight fur- furious and often. Because if you talk long enough, and this is the this is the this is the part that they don't want you to 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 accept. This is the part they don't want you to to know. If you let people talk long enough, they'll tell you exactly who they are. I've been talking now for 140 episodes, over 140 episodes, and the biggest criticism y'all have about me is that I said that Derek Chauvin did do something wrong on the day George Floyd was killed. Four minutes in, he's unconscious. Cop didn't check his pulse. He didn't check his pulse. He didn't render aid. He sat on him for another four minutes. I, I, I challenge anybody to go through any one of these podcasts and find something else I've said that does not that is not factually true. Measurable. And I think that's factually true and measurable. But again, another fear porn cycle, another, you know, another fear porn, you know. This is Fox News. This is this is why they won't invite me to come to Turning Point. You know, I know all my patriots are going to Turning Point. A lot of patriots are going to Turning Point in Arizona this this week, and uh, and, and and I'm happy for that. You know, go preach the good word. Preach the good word. I think um, the great Christina Caramo is going to be out there. Love Christina Caramo. Going to have her on next week on the podcast. I think Steve is speaking. That's great. Um, you know, and a bunch of other people, but they, the, the militant black guy, the real militant black guy, they don't want no part of that. They don't want no part of people who are really competent. They, they, they're selecting people who fulfill that. They don't want to have that real conversation. That, that 100% raw, authentic, real shit. Cause they know what I'm going to say. What I'm going to say is, you know, this stop jerking off. Stop jerking off. We know what the problem is. We know what the problem is. We don't want to solve it because somebody here is getting paid to perpetuate it. Somebody here is taking a fucking payout. It ain't just them over there who are corrupted and compromised. Somebody here is taking them because we're not getting down to the real issue. The real issue is why is the precinct strategy not going to be featured there in Arizona this week? I'm going to call Dan. I'm just saying that right now because I could just assume that it's not. But I'm going to call Dan Schultz after we get done here to find out whether or not we bring all of these, we, we bring all of these um, influencers in from all around the world of the conservative movement. And they would leave without the, 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 the directive of how to actually take the Republican Party instead of continuing to complain about it. They would leave without, without, the 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 uh the the directive to implement the precinct strategy wherever they are what would it take what would it take for all of these political and conservative uh, commentators and pundits to spend one post a day bringing people and driving people to the precinct strategy what would it take well why isn't it happening tell me I'm, honestly, some, feel free. Drop it in the comments. Why has the precinct strategy not been prioritized with the nation going up in flames? There's nothing wrong with it. I just saw it at the. I just saw it myself. I saw it myself in person, so I know that the strategy will work. I saw it in person at the state central committee here in Minnesota. I saw it in person. I saw a room controlled by Rhino 
Republican establishment that took certain motions and, and, and things to a vote there on the floor, a voice vote, and the split was probably 60-40, 55-45. Like 130 votes to 100. 30 people. That's the gap. That's how small the margin of control is from the Republican establishment in a place like Minnesota. 30 people. 30 individuals. But we're going to go to Arizona and have this huge turning point conversation about about all the issues that we already know. And everybody will jerk off and we'll, you know, we'll have fun. We'll drink cocktails. I wouldn't even want to go. That's what I'm trying to say. And maybe they didn't invite me because they know I wouldn't want to go. But the point, that's not the point. The point is we know what the problem is. We know who the enemy is. We know what we have to do. The question is, will we do it? We know what needs to be done now. We know exactly what needs to be done now. There need to be protests. There need to be protests. There need to be sit-ins. 90 days. Uh, uh. There need to be 90-day sit-ins from patriots all across the country. Start at the Federal Reserve. Start at the Federal Reserve. There need to be 90, 120 revolving, revolving, participating, voluntary sit-ins. There needs to be full-blown political activation and participation. There needs to be a constant denouncement of the lawfare being waged against Donald Trump. There needs to be a, a, a continual education of the precinct strategy. There needs to be a courage to weed out the people in the Republican Party that are killing the brand. The problem with the brand of the Republican Party in the conservative movement is nobody's conscious of the brand. Nobody, nobody. Steve Bannon's the only one. Steve Bannon's the only one. One of the only ones who's prioritized the black working class and Hispanic working class male vote. And look at the dividends it's paying. The dividends it's paying is Axios and CNN are in a panic so bad they're going to actually make mistakes here now. Out of desperation, they're going to make mistakes. Like trying to run a Black Lives Matter initiative in a deep blue district like Minneapolis and have the and have the uh, and, and not have the foresight to pull out your your Senate candidate, who is a liberal white woman that sat as the highest prosecutor in a case where they wrongly convicted a black man of murder and let him sit in a jail and rot for 20 years. Mistakes, political, strategic mistakes. And now the referendum is going to be on black folks. And guess what, Nick Fuentes? We're going to see if black people really are voting in the interest of their race or not, because I don't buy it. On paper, it's a mistake, but the choice is still on the people. And that's the part that you're missing, Nick. The the choice is still going to be on the people to choose in their own interest their own ambitions, desire, and convenience, or for a higher ideological formation and organizing principle. And I guarantee you this, no Christian would ever suggest 
that race and skin color is a greater organizing principle than faith. So while we know that the communists and the Marxists have an anti-God, uh, an anti-God, anti-human, anti-holy, anti-religious worldview, there are some over here that claim to be Christians as well that, that don't resemble Christians at all. There is nothing Christian about placing skin and race as a higher organizing principle than faith. And this is the, oh, this is the great, this is the great one. Uh, James Carville and another, another individual over the weekend I saw were talking about Christian nationalism and how Christians have, have morphed their national identity, their American identity into one, one sort of ideology with, with their Christian faith. It's a complete lie. And this is how the controlled opposition comes at you from every angle. They, they get you spinning in a, in, a, in a sort of vortex where it's, it's hard to get your bearings. That's what I'm here to do, to give you moral clarity, to give you guidance and leadership, to give you your bearings. No, skin and race is never a better organizing principle than faith. But a nation and citizenship is the gateway, is a legitimate auspice with which we can defend the faith especially American citizenship, especially American citizenship. Absolutely. And what they're trying to do right now with this war against Christian nationalists, we just had Nicole O'Grady talk about the Holy War. This is the Holy War. What they're trying to do right now is combine Christian nationalism with the Nick Fuentes types and say it's all one movement. And if we allow it to be one movement, then we'll be playing right into their hands. And I honestly don't give a fuck much because of what they say. But I know there's a bunch of Republicans in between who are going to vote for Amy Klobuchar because they're afraid of the, the, the caricature of the left. So there's, there's some merit to that. But the point is, when we don't have the courage to stand up and separate ourselves and stand on the truth, we, we get the government we deserve. We get the community we deserve. We get the life we deserve. And that's what this country has been. That's what your average American leader won't tell you. That's been the great pitfall and downfall of American leadership. They've been trained to tell you a little of what you want to hear, to get your reaction, to, to try and gauge what, what, what else you would like to hear, and tell you more of that. When great leaders, great coaches, great generals, Great organizers, men, don't tell people what they want to hear. They tell people what they need to hear. Because if you tell people what they want to hear just to stay in position to power, eventually they come to resent you anyway when you don't deliver. And you can't deliver if there isn't substance underneath the message of your leadership. It's impossible for you to deliver. It's impossible for you to deliver anything other than the superficial. And at some point, the superficial always runs out. And that's a cautionary tale for the conservative movement who may now get the football in this, this, this ongoing game from Democrats who have done just that. And if you do that, 
You deserve to fucking lose in 28. You deserve to lose in 32. You, de you deserve to lose in 36. And every step in between, 30, you know, 34, the midterm, you deserve to lose if you make the same fucking mistake they make by playing tit for tat. There, there, is no t there is no more tit for tat. Wise men don't do tit for tat. Look, mature wise men don't do eye for an eye. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't, it, it doesn't work. That's the problem. It doesn't work. And eye for an eye, and, and listen, eye for an eye is is a is a is a cultural and even some would say a religious uh, thinking and, and belief about physical damage, the damage to one. But when you you listen, if if you want to round up, if you want to start rounding up people, it ain't gonna work. That that's the problem with it. You, you know, we're not understanding that. It it's not going to work. Let, let's just be reasonable. It's like with the deportation thing, you know, that we, we should deport all of the, yes, all uh, during the Biden administration, all the illegals that came in during the Biden administration, we should find them and deport them. Absolutely. But any illegals that have been here before, we have to put a cap on it because if we don't put a cap on it, how are we going to do it? How are we going to find all the, how are we going to find and, and deport all these people? It's just going to be another thing for the taxpayers to pay for. And quite honestly, it's probably going to end up being an ineffective agency. To, to, I mean, we don't know. Everybody from Biden on forward, all the illegals that came through during Biden's administration, we get rid of them. We deport them for sure. Anybody else, they need to become American citizens. And we need to figure out what that means. That's the more important piece. We need to figure out what it means that be American citizen. And even furthermore, I mean, let's just talk about the real root issue here. Because I think we want to dance around it. Who's convinced you cuck motherfuckers not to have children? Who is it that's behind the PSYOP that has caused American citizens to not procreate? Those are the issues we need to do. Those are the things we need to get down to the bottom of. Why are you only having one and a, and a half kids per two people? 1.6 children per, I, I don't even know how you get 1.6 children. I know, I mean, I know it's averages, but it's just a weird thing to kind of even think about when you're talking about children. One and a half children. Let's just say it's two. Why are you not having five, six, seven kids? Because it's too fucking expensive. That's why. That's how the Federal Reserve is the place where the protests should start. Because it's anti-human. Inflation is an anti-human mechanism and policy. They make it too fucking expensive to have kids. You want to talk about anti? You want to talk about anti-human and anti-God at a policy level? At an institutional, at a system level, you want to talk about systemic anti-humanism? Look right at the Federal Reserve and their, their inflation. Look at the government officials who enable it. That's the problem.
That is the problem. American citizens have, have been neutered, literally. You've been neutered. You don't want to have kids. You're apathetic. You, you know, you're, you're nihilistic. You're depressed. The doom and gloom. This podcast may sound, but it's not. It should be an inspiration. Have kids. Have kids. Be fruitful and multiply. I got four. And the anti-family court will try and tell me that I'm not doing, you know, that, that, that there's something that I'm not doing. You know, so wrong that, that I could even be threatened to be put in jail. Imagine you could be threatened to put, be put in jail by not being able to pay some, some uh, exploitive, uh, exorbitant child support deemed by some third-party, uh, you know, person in an office on behalf of your child. And then the same people want to tell, you know, tell me that I got to you know, affirm my child's gender identity. I mean, it's ludicrous. It's, 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 it's absolutely out of control. But the point is, fuck these people. I got four children. And I'm looking to have more. Hopefully I can get to 10, 12. The number's 12. I like 12. 12 seems like a great number. I want to get to 12 kids. Why are you not having children? Why has the American, the average American citizen become so nihilistic about existence, about humanity, that they're not having many, many children? Tell me why. Too expensive. But a part of us just doesn't believe in ourselves anymore. And you think you're going to be able to change that by, by what? By anything that, that's, that's less than spiritual and faith-driven? Not going to happen. Not going to happen. All of our policy decisions should be spiritual and faith-driven now. We are in a holy war. And as soon as people step up there to the podium and participate in open borders, $34 trillion in debt, or forever wars, we know. We, we know they're, they're, just, they're just faking the funk. Ain't nothing Christian about that, Mike Johnson. There ain't nothing Christian about that. There ain't nothing Christian about that, Nick Fuentes. Every time they get up on a stage and talk about the cultural wedge issues, but they refuse to tell you the strategies to implement to actually take back the Republican Party from the rhino establishment that are quite easy to do, mind you, like the precinct strategy. Every time they do that, that ain't Christian. That ain't patriotic. That ain't American. That's them. That's them. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of watching it, and I'm 32 years old. I don't mind sitting back and watching you people continue to judge. Y'all think I'm doing it for you. This is for my salvation. Being able to tell the truth and bear witness is for my own salvation. This is what God's called me to do. He didn't say, he, God, God ain't telling you if you do this, the people will listen. That, that ain't part of the calling. The part of the calling wasn't for Christ to, to, uh, 
to 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 walk that road, walk that journey, be crucified, and then and then man will get it. A cautionary tale, a, a, a warning to heed to all of you out there who feel, you know, a, a sense of depression or a, a, a lack of uh, a lack of encouragement about the the journey you're on. To tell the truth, nobody promised you that it's gonna work. It ain't about it working. It's about the you doing. It's about the you doing. This has made me a better person. The work I'm doing, the, the voice that I found, the calling that I, that I now service has made me a better person. I don't know if it's reaching you. I don't know if it's working on you or not. That's between you and you. That's between you and God. I don't know. I'm just here to bear witness and tell the truth. And I see just as much controlled opposition as I see opposition. From all kinds of angles. It's like this RFK thing that came up. And, and you know, then I'll say this and then and then then I'll, you know, go. The military-industrial complex, the security state, the deep state, the police state are the greatest threat in this country. They have been since the day John F. Kennedy was killed, and well before that, all the way back to Eisenhower, but John F. Kennedy being assassinated placed a, 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 a ribbon on the whole deal. A dark, dirty, corrupt ribbon on the whole deal. The military-industrial complex Deep state, security state, and police state are the most dangerous and threatening thing in this country. And it needs to get it needs to get reined in and brought under control immediately. And so when I say Donald Trump and RFK Jr. are the most dangerous ticket in 2024, that's what the fuck I mean. I don't care what fucking echo chamber you you pull a fucking clip of RFK saying this about climate or this about the Second Amendment or this about abortion or any of that other shit. I don't give a fuck. Number one, because I trust Donald Trump to hold the line on his beliefs, even if, if, if RFK was the vice president. But the one thing I know is that a Trump RFK ticket puts the military industrial complex in the most threatened position they've been in since the day they killed John F. Kennedy. And I like that shit. I need that shit like I need like I need air in the morning. I need the military industrial complex to fear we the people. Some of you are okay with it. Some of you are okay with it. And it shows. And it shows. Get your fucking priorities in order. Get your, get your priorities straight. Why the military-industrial complex? Because they can always use your fear and your desire for safety to smuggle in any, to smuggle any number, any number of bullshit, bullshit agendas into the budget. The military-industrial complex and your safety and your fear and your incompetence and your inability to defend yourself is the Trojan horse for the whole fucking thing. As we just saw with the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, the military bill, and the transgender movement. You see how the overlay for the underlay works? You see the three-card Monty? 
The first problem is the prescience of this military bill, passing it. You know, oh, we got to get the... Okay. Okay. And look, you can say what you want about RFK. Here's one. Here's a crazy one. That the environment and climate change are the same. They're not the same. They're not the same. The EPA, instituted by Nixon and Kissinger, may have always had the, the, the impetus to use climate change or, 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 or the environment as a Trojan horse to pass certain legislation to either steal money or give up our governance to international bodies. That may be the case, but it's not a bad thing to want to keep the environment clean. There's a significant difference between wanting to keep your environment clean, not dumping oil or fucking trash or fucking uh, chemical waste into your lakes and ponds and rivers and believing that the existence of humans themselves in carbon dioxide is a net negative on, on the earth and is a justification for globalism. Those are two completely different things. So if Robert, Kennedy, if, if Robert F. Kennedy wants to, wants to keep the environment clean, more power to him. Global warming is a completely different thing. They may clump them together, but when they clump them together, you have the duty to pull them back apart so you can see the truth. And if you want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, you're doing exactly what Satan wants you to do. You may not see that as the strategic battle between you and your, your uh, you know, first pass enemy with the gun pointed at you. But Satan's not going to be the enemy with the gun pointed at you most time. He's going to be off to the side spectating. And he will calculate for your reaction just as much as anything else. The great enemy, the great deceiver will calculate for your distraction just as much as anything else for your, your reaction. Your distraction, too, but your reaction. The reaction is, hey, screw the environment because the leftists use climate change and global warming as a dog whistle for globalism. So screw the environment. Let's just litter and pollute the... What? How fucking dumb do you have to be? How fucking dumb and immature do you have to be? Grow the fuck up. Grow the fuck up, okay? We want to take care of the environment. We want to be good stewards of the planet. We don't want to let we don't want to allow leftists and progressives and scientific technocrats to tell us that our very existence is a harm to the planet. Those are two totally different things. So, you know, RFK was, you know, heavily involved in, in cleaning up the environment there in New York or, in the, you know, where he was. Good, good. When I hear him talk about global warming now, I hear him say the same thing he says about the war in Russia and Ukraine. And I'm not shilling for RFK. That's, that's not the point. The point is I can see where we're starting to create this, this, this nihilism where everybody who comes to step up to try and fight against the establishment, we pick one little thing out we don't like about them, and then we use that to disqualify them completely. We can never fight a, fight a war like that. I could find a flaw. I can find a fatal flaw in each individual person before we go to war. If I, if I decide not to fight the war because each individual person 
doesn't meet my, my perfect criteria, then we'll lose. Then we'll lose. Now, the people who we've invited, the Nikki Haley's, the Chris Christie's, I'll even throw Ron DeSantis in there. The Joe Bidens, the 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 the, the Gavin Newsom's, the the Hakeem Jeffries of the world. These people don't have a few inconsistencies. These people don't have a few flaws or pitfalls in their worldview. The vast majority of their worldview is overwhelmingly on the wrong side of things. It's anti-human. It's anti-God. It's anti-American. That's not who RFK is. Don't don't fool yourself. And and then I hear oh 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 oh, and, oh let the let the political strategists talk, you know. Let them tell you that that he, as an independent, he's going to pull votes away from Donald Trump. He might pull votes away from Joe Biden, or if he becomes the VP, then he doesn't pull any votes away as an independent. Ain't that right? For all you political strategists out there. Isn't the best position for if he's if as an independent candidate, Robert F. Kennedy is going to pull votes away from Donald Trump and help Joe Biden. Wouldn't the safest place for him to be? Is VP. Doesn't that solve that issue? We're not even having those conversations. We're not even talking like adults anymore. But I'm the crazy one. Well. Please Call Me Crazy. This has been another episode of Please Call Me Crazy, brought to you by Free People Radio, powered by our favorite sponsor, TireGit.com. You have to buy tires from somebody. Buy them from us. Help fund the movement. That's TireGit.com. TireGit.com. We believe in the freedom of movement. That's exactly what the establishment wants to take from you now. I'm your host, Royce White, here in the belly of the beast, Minneapolis, Minnesota. We appreciate your viewership and listenership today and in the future. Um, have a great weekend. We'll be back next week. We look forward to the the start of the Royce White daily Monday through Friday radio show on the John Fredericks network. We'll have more information for you on that soon. Visit the Royce White USA YouTube channel um, to get updates on the campaign, the Senate campaign, and also the radio show will be will be posted there um, daily. The daily radio show will be posted there with audio or maybe video. I haven't decided yet. Um, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the Professor Penn podcast. Uh, he has an incredible podcast. He had an incredible couple podcasts this week that detailed the, the, some of the problems with the Republican Party from inside the party as a party officer, which he is, and the fight that we're in right now in Minnesota that will continue to be in all up until caucuses in February. And we're going to have more information coming to you about caucuses and how to get involved. Because if nobody else wants to prioritize the precinct strategy, we're going to do it right here in Minnesota and make sure that when those motions come to a vote on the floor, that the interests of the American people and the, 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 the worldview of America first policy is represented in those rooms. Politics is mostly done and carried out by the people who show up. And that's what you got to understand. That's what you have to know. If, if anything, you walk away from today, understand that politics will be done and carried out by the people who show up. And you'd be surprised, you'd be very surprised, shocked to know how much policy has been done in this country simply from a lack of representation from American citizens. You'd be shocked to know how the party works, 
how how the the politics work, how the policies get written and instituted through the lack of representation from American citizens. You'd be shocked. And we're going to try and help uncover that. And we're going to try and help you be informed and empowered to go into your BPOU, to go into your Senate district, your congressional district, and demand that you be a part of the process. Demand that you get a voice in the process. Demand that you be able to, to, to represent your own interest in selecting candidates and policies for the party that represent the interest of all American citizens. We're going to try and help you with that. So subscribe to the Professor Penn Podcast. Go to freepeopleradio.com. You can visit the store. Um, the store is up and running. We see a lot of people buying stuff from the store. We appreciate it. Uh, we got a lot of fun items in there and more to come over the holidays. Um, you can also go to freepeopleradio.store if you want to go straight to the store. Um, but freepeopleradio.com will get you there as well. There you can also see where you can listen and watch the podcast, follow us on social media, um, and other cool things like that. So um, I appreciate your listenership today and in the future. Please, please bear with me. I know some of this stuff might be triggering. I get it. But understand that the greatest deception waged against you today is the convenience and complacency of the, the, the narrative that's been built around you and for you around you by the mainstream media, for you by the algorithms, for everybody's getting a small piece of the information. Now, our guest episodes coming up next week, I believe will include the great Alex Jones. I believe will include the great Owen Schroyer, who is now free. I'm going to be on his show on Monday evening, I believe, and he's going to be on my podcast on, I think, Thursday. Um, so, we got Alex Jones and Owen Schroyer coming from the, the, the InfoWars crew. We got Christina Caramo. She'll be on on Monday, I believe, um, or Tuesday. So next week may, may all be guest episodes. I'm sorry. I know some of you say you, you, know, you, you, you like it when it's just me better, uh, and I appreciate that's flattering. But, but um, when, you have a, when you have an opportunity to interview uh, great patriots like Christina Caramo, who may in fact be in one of the most important positions in American history. Let's be, let's be clear. She was able to take her GOP as an America firster in the state of Michigan. Okay. Michigan is going to be an extremely important swing state in the coming election. Christina Caramo as the, the, the chairwoman of the GOP and an America firster may be in one of the most important political positions in American history, if we accept, if we acknowledge that this is one of the most pivotal moments in American history. So when you get a chance to interview a Christina Caramo and hear what's taking place on the ground there in Michigan in an important swing state, you have to take that opportunity. Alex Jones is Alex Jones, a man that couldn't be more right about more things over the course of 20 years. His insight is always wanted. Owen Schroyer, the recent victim of lawfare and uh, corrupt kangaroo courts, which could very soon be the, the fate of, of many of us. A man who sacrificed his freedom. A man who actually sacrificed his freedom for his beliefs. For his beliefs about his citizenship in this country. That's a man we want to talk to. That's a man we want to support. That's a man we want to talk to on this show. Dr. Pierre Corey's coming. Uh, and, and now, mind you, some of these 
we may not even be able to put on YouTube. I know Alex, they won't let me put any Alex Jones interviews on YouTube. Don't know why. Owen Schroyer, I would assume, is the same. Um, Dr. Pierre Corey certainly won't let me put him up on YouTube. I don't even know if you can talk about ivermectin on YouTube. I can't. Maybe I'm getting a special type of shadow ban that nobody else is. I see other people talking about it on YouTube, but for some reason I can't. Um, so we got a lot of people coming uh, in, in the very near future. Stay tuned. I hope you have a great weekend. That's it for me. Uh, again, we appreciate your viewership and listenership today and in the future. The fight continues. Do not die a jerk off. Do not die on your knees. Do not die a jerk off. The fight continues. And as always, Godspeed.